G'day guys, welcome to the Gold Coast Titans NRL Fantasy Preview for 2023. The Titans with a very disappointing season in 2022, finishing 13th after making the finals in 2021. Now joining me to discuss the fortunes of the Titans, got my main guns, Jake and Riley. Let's bring him in. Jake, how are you, man? Hey, TK, good. Good to be back on the podcast here. I'm keen to rip in. Yeah, this is uh, your first. Titans this season. Yeah, your first one here, mate. We're going back to back with Jakey. Jakey's also going to be doing the Dolphins, but we've heard from Riley. Riley's been absolutely tearing it up with his Cowboy preview, and then obviously on the Q and A last week as well, and da- da- the Doctor program. But Riles, how are you, my man? Good to see you there. Thanks, TK. Good to be back again, and yeah, ripping to the Titans and. Hope they can fly the flag home for Queensland this year. Yeah. All three in the top eight. Yeah, that'll be interesting. It's a, it's probably not a bad chance, but let's rip in, boys, because the Titans, they've bought a few good players here. A lot of great young players coming through the team as well. But, Jake, starting with you, talk to me about what you're thinking about the fortunes of the Titans this year. I'm really looking forward to them. They've just really underperformed the last couple of years, and I think they've got enough signings there to try to be pushing for that top eight. I really like the signing of four and barrels, just in a footy sense, not a fantasy sense, but I think that's they're both coming from good systems, um, a lot of experience, and I think they'll just shore up their, their halves and their, their spine especially. So really looking forward to them to see what combinations they can make with their with their other players. Yeah, Rolls, I know you've done a lot of work on the Titans, mate, and you've got a few warnings there, especially for young players, mate. Talk to me. There's just a lot of uncertainty, TK, with the Titans to start the season. Holbrook's under a lot of pressure. You could potentially see uh, reshuffles in the forward pack um, if they don't get early results with Tino Clark. Tino might sort of go back to that lock role. Clark might go back to the bench. Uh, Milk's rugby chat reported that Shop was going to be playing right centre right center with Sammy left centre. Khan Prayer on the left wing and Jojo Fafita on the right wing. Just with Khan Pereira, he does lack job security because Kelly is suspended for the first three weeks uh, after that tackle at the end of last season. So probably watch and potentially avoid him because he's only going to get three games um, and I'll be looking to carry Tommy Talao as wing fullback and centre cover. So in my emergencies, I don't think you can probably carry Khan for those first three weeks in your starting wing fullbacks. Yeah. Now, looking at 2023 gains and losses, the gains, Kieran Foreman from Manly, Sam Verrills arrives from the Roosters, Joe Stimson from the Dogs, Chris Randall in a swap from Newcastle, and Aaron Shoup, as you just mentioned, from Canterbury. 2023 losses, Jared Wallace moves to the Dolphins, as does Jermaine Asako. Corey Thompson's retired, Jermaine SASA, he also leaves to the Dolphins, Will Smith to the Tigers, Kevin Proctor, Wakefield, Essan Masters goes to Huddersfield, Sam Lissoni, sorry, leads Rhinos, and then Greg Marzu in that swap for Chris Randall. He arrives at the Newcastle Knights. But, Jackie, just one question I had for the... I'll start with you. The Titans have a very early buy. They've got round five. So, realistically, especially in these early rounds, how many are you actually looking at and how many do you think you could kind of pick as a max? I think two's been sort of thrown around as that sort of par number of amount of players you sort of want from a single team. When you get up to that three mark, you're really pushing it because obviously three players, you only got four emergencies, so you're going to need a lot of depth. Um, Titans are a bit tricky one because we'll obviously talk about a bit further. There's a lot of value options here, so there's a lot of guys that are going to be scoring well and also making that 150k worth of money. So I think Titans is one you may be able to sneak three into your side, but it's going to be really important to get your emergencies sorted um, and make sure you have those cover positions for those three players or two or three players that you're going to have in your side. Yeah, I agree. Before we turn to the individual players, Riley, were you on the same sort of track as Jakey? 
Yeah, spot on, Jakey, I think. Especially if you carry Tino as that sort of premium gun worth around 770k, I don't think you can carry two others just because you've got too much cap sitting in your, in your emergencies. But if you want to go down the route of Boyd, Clark, and another cash cow such as Khan Pereira or potentially carry three just because you don't have as much your salary cap sitting in your emergencies. Yeah, good advice from both boys. How good is this bloke? All right, let's rip into some individual analysis here, boys. The first one, you both mentioned him, Tino. Now 771K, he's a break-even of 53. Start with you, Jake. He had a huge end of last year. Talk to me about kind of where you see his prospects. And I guess with the sample that we did see back end of last year, are you... You seriously considering that? Like, how much serious? Because a lot of those games are junk games, right? Yeah, it, it is. But I guess over across the whole season, he did average fifty three in about that fifty nine minutes, um, sh- shifting between the lock and prop position. And he has been a little bit inconsistent in a fantasy sense over the last few years. But the real difference here is that back of the end of the season, he actually played prop um, with Aaron Clark playing lock for a few games and a few other shuffled positions around. When he started in that prop game for five games, he averaged 65 and 67 minutes, which is huge, which was a PPM of 0.97 compared to when he was at lock where he averaged 48 and 60 minutes. And that was from a 15-game sample size with a PPM of 0.8. So just looking at that trend, he sort of, when he moves into that prop position, his PPM just skyrockets. But his minutes don't drop off. So that's what I really like about him at prop. He has that high work rate without losing minutes. So if he's named at the prop, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do there. Um, obviously, already priced pretty highly at that 53 mark, but I'm, I'm pretty keen he's going to be a pretty sure he's going to be a gun this year. Yeah, Rolls, just turning to you, what's your thoughts on Tino? Because as Jakey just mentioned, between the split between prop and also lock, and I guess they're both middle positions, but lock comes with a lot more link roll. So I guess he's tucking his, his the ball under his arm a little bit more, getting a little bit more down and dirty there, Rolls. Definitely, TK. And just building on from what Jakey said, it's, it's his attacking upside too through his tackle bus and offloads which is really advantageous there as well and helping him sort of reach his ceiling more often than not. Um, I think in those last five games he played uh, at prop, he's averaged either a try assist, a line break or a line break assist in three of those five games. So really sort of getting on the front foot and creating for those outside of him, which is going to help Foran, Brimson uh, and Boyd hopefully, we'll talk about him later on, uh, get more space at the end of the day and create more opportunities. Yeah, let's put a projection on this, boys. Jake, I'll turn to you first. Put a projection on. And then I guess a lot of people are also considering both Ruben Cotter and then Pat Carrigan, and that all three of them fit into this origin mould. Can you give me a projection for Tino and how you would line them up from one to three? Oh, that's a tricky one for me. Um, I think... I think I might just boost Tino's average a little bit up, maybe an average of 56. I don't think that that 65 in 67 minutes is a, that's pretty huge. I think we need a bit more data um, of him at prop, but I think maybe around that 56, 57 mark. Um, and I think it's bang on. I, I don't think I don't think I'd be opposed to any of those three options. Probably for me, I'd go Cotter and then Tino and then Carrigan, but it's a very tight race there. Yeah, nice. Same question to you, Riles. Project Tino out, and then the three gentlemen rank him from one to three. Pretty much the exact same as Jakey, I think. Uh, average, project him around that 56 to 58. Going to go Cotter um, ahead of Tino just because he does not have that buy, 
and then Tino second just because of that buy. And Carrigan, his roles, while it's certain he's going to be have, have a big minute role at the Broncos, you're just not sure what's going to happen because of Haas and how much he's going to have to do. Uh, playing that extra game, though, compared to Tino, he's going to have an extra 50 or 60 points on him. So that may push Carrigan up into second, but just going to say with Tino because of that attacking upside he's got compared to Carrigan, he's going to go into second place. Yeah, great analysis, boys. No, 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 no. All right, let's move to Dud now. He was highly kind of regarded last year. Toby Sexton, he's fallen out of the pecking order. 573k, break even of 40 but it looks like he's well behind a guy we'll talk a little bit later on, and that's Tanner Boyd. But Riley, thoughts on Toby Sexton? Strong avoid for me at the start of the season, TK. Averaged 40 points in 2022, playing at halfback. Most likely going to start 2023 in the Q Cup. Plenty of defensive issues, missing 3.9 tackles per game in 2022. And at the moment, he's fully priced, so there's no value in him, even if he does return to the starting side. Yeah, Jack, that's the big thing. Like Riley just said, fully valued. So even if he makes the team, like I can only see downside because Kieran Forum's probably going to steal a bit of kicking from him and then try to help guide the team around the park because of, like, what he was lacking last year. So, Sparrows is pretty spot on there. Yeah, yeah definitely um, clear avoid for me. I, I won't be touching him. Um, maybe in a draft sense, if there's an injury down the track, you might be able to pick him up in draft, but definitely not in uh, classic. That 40-point average is going to have its price too high even if he does come back. So, yeah, definitely avoid for me. Cool. Let's move to Cashies. All right, Jake Tanner, Boyd, 479k, break-even of 33. He's got a hooker half jewel. Now, plenty of spotlight on him now because the coach looks like he's backing him a little bit here. But talk to me about the value of Tanner Boyd. Yeah, so he um, comes into this year priced at about an average of 42. Um, that's fairly high. But, yeah, obviously that dual position helps him for that versatility. Um, we got a small look at him last year. So this is a very small sample size. So three games where he averaged 51 and 57 minutes. So approximately about nine points of value there. But take in mind, this is three games. So it may be off, maybe accurate, maybe not. So definitely have a look in the trials. Have a look at what his PPM's like in the trials and just have a bit of an eye test. Obviously, those last three games he played last year, definitely passed the eye test. He was, you know, that sort of short stockier Brandon Smith mold mold where he's running towards the line, low centre of gravity, breaking mm. tackles. Um, I, I think he's probably going to be around that 50 mark. I, I think he can do it. Um, but yeah, obviously definitely want to look at him in the trials um, and just keep an eye on him. Yeah, Rolls, just turning to you, like I guess it's probably one that probably you don't want to go against the pack here. He's already getting pretty popular at 11% owner. I do expect that to continue to rise and rise as we get closer to round one. But what's your thoughts on kind of job security, especially with the Titans? You know, they're trying to bounce back from last year. I think it's difficult, TK, because him and Cheese are the exact same price or close to the exact same price. So I see Cheese as being on a better side with a more significant role and greater job security with Watson going down injured. So... Personally, I don't want two mid-range options in my mids to start the season uh, with the same duel. So I would potentially consider letting Clark go through to the keeper, especially with that early buy too. Um, I know Cheese does have the early buy as well, but I just see more upside in Cheese and he's more likely to be a keeper or quality 18th man come the end of the season. Yeah, I've got a thought to run by both of you. So my thought at the moment, because I'm not totally sold on Boyd's job security. So I'm, I'm thinking you put... 
Cheese on the bench and him on the bench as your first two interchanges and actually getting a hooker, whether it's going to be Grant or Reed Marnie, just one of those two. Because I'm thinking if the Titans go bad, the easy exit would be you would still have your two hookers, but you could easily downgrade Tanner Boyd to maybe a Lachlan Ilias, who's actually about 50Ks cheaper, and his job security is through the roof at the moment. But just want to give you get your thoughts on that, Jake. Yeah, I think that's a not too bad option. We're very lucky with a lot of good hookers. Like, you got your Cooks, your Grants, uh, your Robsons, and also a lot of these value guys, like, yeah, obviously, your Clarks and uh, your Brandon Smith. So, I think it's a good option, um, just in case Aaron Clark fails. I also think it's a pretty good option. He might, because he's so highly valued, we talk about this anti-potting all the time, and a lot of time, it, it can lead to, obviously, losing ranks, but... When you have someone like Aaron Clark, which it's probably 50-50 whether he does hit that 50 average or not. It could be one to antipod. So a lot of people jumping on, you go someone else and you get the rewards in the rank if Aaron Clark does happen to fail. Yeah, good good idea there. Rolls, your thoughts? I completely agree with you, TK, having Cheese sit on the bench as cover, especially with that duel. But the problem is, who else do you plug into your mids uh, to cover him because I was running Cotter and Carrigan, but mm. I feel as though I can't run both of them now due to both having significant roles in the origin. So I've decided to uh, move Carrigan on. And whether you go down to someone like Mark Nichols, I don't see Stefano having a significant enough role. Otherwise, you've sort of got to go up to Joey Tarpany or Robbo's boy in Cam Murray. So it's a difficult one. Yeah, I actually dropped Carrigan out of my team and I replaced him with Tohu Harris. So I was seeing the Warriors draw, and they have like only one buy in the first kind of 21 rounds, and he's coming back off his ACL. So I'm very interested to see how many minutes he gets in the trials and kind of what he's looking like physically, because we know what he's done in the past. Didn't have his best year last year, so kind of stays starts a little bit cheap. But it's in my mind of maybe downgrading, maybe to your guy Mark Nichols there, Riley, or taking someone just under Pat Carrigan to spread a little bit more cash there in Tohu Harris. All right, let's move on. Just quickly before we get to bounce back, Cashies, oh, another Cashy, and then Trap City, a little bit of draft as well. Talking League textbook, that is out now. So, comprehensive guide to NRL Fantasy 2023. Just have a look at the show notes or just head over to talkingleaguepod.com. 180 pages. It's 17 team pro- profiles, lineup, schedule analysis, representative player analysis, the whopping 391 player profiles. Got fantasy projections, classic and draft recommendations, a QA with the last two champs being Will and Shane. Power ranking for all the positions. Our bold predictions for this year. Classic and draft strategy, which is written by these two gentlemen. And tips. 20% of profits of the textbook is donated to Bowel Cancer Australia. That's to honour the legacy and contribution of the fantasy community of Steve Nichols, who unfortunately passed away to Bowel Cancer a short time ago. Our partners at Game Day Squad are also throwing in two free packs of rare player cards valued at $9.99 each. So plenty of value there. And Game Day Squad, you can find them at gamedaysquad.com.au. So the textbook, it retails at $19.95. There is a free sample of 20 pages if you want to have a quick look before you buy. So thank you for your support and also thank you for supporting Bowel Cancer Australia. Right, boys, let's come back. We've got another cashier to cover. Tanner Boyd, 479k, a break even of 33. Riley, your thoughts on him? Plenty of people are high on him. Yeah, I'm really keen on him, TK. Uh, looks to be getting the first crack at halfback jersey in 2023. Started the last five games there in 2022, re 48.2 fantasy points per game. Priced at 33, and we're projecting him to average somewhere between 44 and 46 points per game. That half-hooker duel is very handy and adds some great balance to your squad. But looking back on his stats last year, potentially uh, 
not inflated by attacking stats because he has demonstrated the ability to have plenty of upside there, getting David Fafita a nice early ball uh, and creating plenty of shape for his outside backs. Okay, so lock him in. Definitely there, Ross. Yeah, I'm going to lock him in. I see that Jewel is being very handy uh, cover early in the season, especially with Hines and Cleary both having early buys. Someone I feel you can substrate into your halves. Cool, I'll lock him in, Jakey. Trifecta. Yeah, I like it. I like him too. And just another thing to note, I think he's got that really good combination with uh, Dave Fafita from their junior days up there in the Gold Coast. So I'm really looking forward to him um, getting that re-spark and that combination with him um, and hopefully getting a few tries for Fafita as well for those that are buying both Fafita and Tanner Boyd. Um, and just one final note, um, he does have that really good long-kicking range game as well. Um, he averaged, th- what, 349 kick metres per game when he started there last year. So he does have that big boot on him, and he's partnered with Kieran Foran, who's notedly more a short-range kicker, not a long-range kicker. So expect him to keep those big kick metres up. Yeah, goal kicker too, right, Jakes? Yeah, goal kicker as well. He's pretty handy as well. I don't have his um, percentage here, but from memories, not, not too bad either. I'll tell you what it is in a second, but... It's a good pick. I think, yeah, one of the ones to just go with the pack there and just close it off. But I think his goal kicking at the end of the year was pretty good. Let's bring it up now. Rugby League Project, shout out to them. Goal kicking percentage of 82% last year, 23 mm. from 28. So pretty good. So have a look at that. All right. Last night took a L, but tonight I bounce back. Wake up every morning, by the night I count stacks. Knew that ass was real when I hit it, bounce back. You ain't getting checks. All right, Jake, sticking on you. David Fafita, 771K, break-even of 53. Came back to the pack last year. No doubt that, you know, things like tackle breaks getting scored a little bit differently hurt him. His form was criticised. He's in a contract year. What's your thoughts here? Yeah, I'm really liking Dave Fafita. I think I'm probably more on him than most people um, just because I've really had good experiences buying him in the past. I've always seemed to get him at the right time and not the wrong time. Um, <laughs> but I really like him pairing up with uh, with Tanner Boyd. Like, he's got that good combination. He, he has that trust. He knows that Tanner Boyd's going to get him that early ball and put him into a good position. Um, I think the big one with David, though, is his fitness. So when he's nice and fit, um, playing well, has his confidence up, he's by far an elite second row uh, option. So playing 70-plus minutes at second row, he averages 62 points. So that's easily 62 points. Uh, that's easily, sorry, 10 points of value. So someone like David Fitty, again, both. You're getting a keeper, an elite keeper, and you're also getting value. So he's one of those real perfect ones to lock in. Obviously, the only downside is that early buy. Um, but I'm pretty keen to see what he can do this year. I, that uh, contract year is going to be a big one for him. Riley, you know, last year, you know, Queensland won Origin again, and you've kind of unearthed a couple of really, really good players that are going to be locks in that team. You know, the likes of Jeremy Nanai, Ruben Cotter. You know, these guys were not even like regular first graders before last year. Now they're elite players playing Origin. Where does he fit in? Because if he returns to form, he would have to be in the mix also. Definitely, TK. But I think if he does come back into that Queensland squad, it's going to be through a bench role playing... Uh, middle forward minutes, just because you've got Capel and Nanai there now with the starting spots, plus you've got Felice Kafusi also as well, who got displaced at the end of last year. So uh, in club land for the Titans, if he was to grab a bench roll, I don't see that affecting his minutes dramatically, um, only playing 25 to 
30 to 35 minutes off the bench for Queensland. Yeah, boys, we're going to project him. And then I think considering we, we all put that you can only have two Titans to start the season, I guess we're going to have to start picking between the four guys that we actually think of value. We're talking about Tanner Boyd, Aaron Clark, Tino and Fafita. Jake, we'll start with you. Project him out and then kind of rank those four. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get that 10 points. I don't think he might not get that 10 points of value. I think he'll probably be more around probably 60. I think I think he's in for a good season. So I'll lock him in for a 60-point average, value of eight points. Um, and choosing out those Titans players, I think him and Tanner Boyd together, um, it may be good, maybe bad, doubling down on them. But I think if both of them can have a really good season, they'll be the two I'd pick. And if you really want to go that third, maybe that Aaron Clark option, I think. Yeah, Jackie, do you kind of liken it? Because last year we had Dylan Brown and Sean Lane on the left for Parramatta. Now we've got the right side, and you'd think a lot of the good work from both of them will probably interject with each other. Your thoughts on that one? Yeah, absolutely. It works interchangeably. Obviously, Tanner Boyd on the inside, having David Feeder outside of you, it also gives you the option. They're going to be marking up on David Feeder, so it gives him the option to dummy and run as well. So it should help Tanner Boyd's running game. And it should also help David Feeder's running game because he's finally got someone that actually knows how to give him the ball and get him into good position. So both working interchangeably, I think it's I think it's pretty good for fantasy-wise. Yeah, Riley, thoughts on that strategy? And then we'll get your projection and your ranks from one to four. Uh, definitely backing up what Jakey said. I see Fafita averaging that 56 uh, to 58 points, uh, hopefully through an 80-minute roll as well, uh, through a strong preseason. Is coming off a World Cup, though, so... Hopefully, he'll be right to go at the start of the year. I'm going to say you can't have Tino and Fafita in the same side just because they are worth so much cap, so much of your cap. You can't have them sitting on your emergencies for a week. So with there being so much strength in the mid, such as your Cam Murray, Ruben Carter, Carrigan, uh, Joe Tarpany, I'm going to say Fafita just because the edges are weaker and we're not sure who are going to be the two keepers yet. Obviously, we think there's going to be some regression in IPAPs. Is it going to be Gus Crichton? Can Sean Lane back up uh, his year last year? So I'm going to say for feeders, the number one option there, plus Boyd as well. You just made me change my team, Riley, as I was going on, mate. <laughs> you Both of you just sold me so well, boys. I was looking for it. Now I've got my validation. Thank you, boys. All right, gents, let's go to Trap City. We talked about him, Kieran Forum, 431k, break even at 32. Tony New Riley, one of those things that, you know, we know how good of a player he is, super experienced, but he's always kind of played second fiddle to DCE, and we're kind of projecting him to do something similar at the Titans. Definitely, TK. You look at him, look at him, he's priced at an average of 30 at the moment, but when he um, played halfback with a career average of 70-plus minutes, he's averaged 40 fantasy points per game now. We don't think he's going to play halfback. He's still going to play 5-8 uh, this year again. So there's going to be limited to no value in him, maybe three to four points here or there. So uh, Boyd's going to be the dominant general play kicker. While Brimson on that left-hand side may chip in with his left foot just as a point of difference. So uh, don't see a dominant role there for for in this year. Plus his um, age and injury history makes him a high-risk buy as well. Yeah, I like it too. Jackie, we'll finish off. 
Bit of draft, Bo Furmore, you're pretty keen on him. You've actually given him a pretty good plug also in the textbook as well, mate. But talk to me in a classic sense on the value you see here and maybe kind of where you would draft him. Yeah, um, in draft-wise, I, I don't mind him. Obviously, I'm not the biggest draft player, um, so I'm going to be learning a lot of few boys this year in the Talking League draft, so I'm really keen for that. But Bo Furmore, he's one of those players who's very durable, so he doesn't miss too many games due to injury. Um usually plays pretty much 70-plus minutes at second row every game. So he's going to be a reliable scorer in your team each week. Has that good average of over 50, pretty solid, and his score doesn't really fluctuate. Um, it's mostly in base stats, and he may get the occasional big score when he gets that trialist too. So I just really like him just not going to miss many games, going to be a nice 50-plus uh, keeper in your side, and you won't have to touch him. Just leave him in your, in your draft side and just leave him there for the year. Uh, Perfect. Well, great analysis, boys. Before I let you leave, just a big shout-out to one of my friends, Marco, who runs Heroes with, a cha- with Ability. You now, they're having a charity lunch. It's on the 17th of February from 11 to 3 p.m. You can buy single tickets for $200. You can also purchase tables. So just head over to heroes-with-ability.com, and, yeah, all the information will be on there. They've got plenty of great ambassadors. The Cleary boys, their ambassadors, Sean Kepi is, Ryan Madison is, uh, Billy Walters is as well. So they do a great cause there. So I'll have all the details in the show notes, but please go out there and support the lunches at Spankwest, sorry, Combank Stadium. So that should be a pretty good one. So here is with ability, guys. So just have a look for that one. All right, gents, great analysis. Jakey, we'll catch you on the Dolphins preview, mate. Thanks, CK. Always good jumping on. Um, I think I'm going to have to buy a Titans jersey this this year. There's so many bloody players in my team, so I'm going to have to get some good juju and hopefully they score well. <laughs> I like it. Ross, thanks again for your stellar analysis, mate. We'll check you on Monday, Team Doctor. Thanks, TK. I think I might have to go and put Fafita in my team now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, amend your team. We're all going for Fafita. Let's jump on the wagon, support the cause. But thank you again for everyone that supported the Talking League textbook, and we'll check you on another preview show. Sure. See you guys.